Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here from Life Poured Out International. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. We have another power pack show for you today. Um, for those of you who are new to Awaken Podcast, we have a new show every Monday and Thursday that streams through the Charisma Podcast Network. So you can go to charismapodcastnetwork.com and find Awaken Podcast. You could also go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, etc., pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. I've got incredible guests from all around the world that are anointed, that um, have a message uh, burning in their heart for this time and this hour. Uh, amazing you know, lovers of God that are doing incredible exploits in the world, around the world. And so, and then we also have some teaching shows. My wife comes on with me and we discuss, you know, topics that are, that are near to our heart, as well as just break down revelation that God has shared with us over the years to encourage you, inspire you, you know, uh, grow your faith, etc. And so thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. And for those of you who are familiar to Awaken Podcast, you know that about 90% of the time we always love to open up with the scriptures and so I'm going to crack open, honestly, a scripture that I really, I really love, and I've held on to it a lot over the years um, as a believer, and this is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. So it's 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, and it goes like this. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. I absolutely love this scripture because it's just saying, hey, submit yourselves to those above you. Submit yourselves to those around you, your peers. Let us just honor one another. Let us... um walk about this life in a humble fashion, clothing ourselves with humility like the Lord Jesus did. For God, he resists the proud and the haughty, but he loves to pour out grace upon a humble heart. And then it just says, therefore, now humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, for he will exalt you in due time. So many, so many people want to push down doors and um, you know, and exalt themselves, and they don't want to wait on the timing of the Lord. But if we remain in a humble place, we'll allow God to exalt us. And that's um, that's the most powerful place to be in. And so we're going to talk about humility today. And I have um, a guest on my show where his worship has definitely made an impact on my life in a big way. Um, his name is Justin Rizzo. And at an early age, music and worship uh, became uh, the way Justin's relationship with the Lord took form. And that has continued throughout his life. In 2004, Justin joined staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, where he spent 15 years leading multiple worship sets each week that focused on studying and spontaneously singing the Bible. Along with worship leading, Justin is a worship coach and also owns a production company called Fireflight Creative that produces films and musicals. He has released five albums and been featured on multiple compilation projects along with writing and producing four full-length musicals. In addition, he travels all over the world leading worship and speaking at events. And so, Justin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's awesome talking to you, man. The way I like to start the show, because the show is called The Waken Podcast, and it's based on Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And I just love how the Lord awakens our hearts, and it's so unique with each um, individual. And so I love to ask people who join the uh, podcast for the first time, especially, how did the Lord first encounter your heart? Yeah, um, so I was saved, meaning I said a prayer um, at a young age, seven years old, at a kid's crusade 
um, via a clown ministry. Awesome. Uh, um, so I'm not sure if it's clown ministry nowadays, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I remember going down and, you know, I said a prayer. But I think, you know, for me, I mean, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so it was really, um, my parents did a fantastic job for me and my brother and my sister, just modeling the um, the love of Jesus and that Christian life, not just in a church building, but also in the home. And so sure. um, really, that, you know, heritage instilled in me. But when I was 12, I think um, my dad began to teach me how to play the guitar when I was 12. And I think that's really where kind of my um, relationship with the Lord began, where I began to really commune with him, um, you know, through song, you know, much like David, you know, we don't, we don't know a whole lot about his life in the early years. Um, but, you know, he's to believe to have been out there with the sheep singing to the Lord and, you know, fighting off uh, um, animals and whatnot. And so yep, yep. um, kind of just through song is the way that I feel like that the love for the Lord is really awakened in my heart. That's awesome, man. And your worship, your album Forever Faithful, like I was newly saved in around 2008, 2009. And that's when your album Forever Faithful came out. And I started to get into IHOP and the amazing glory filled worship that was being released through IHOP. And man, the ministry has um, truly impacted my life, man. And so thank you for your obedience to the Lord and for releasing the song and using God's uh, gifting on your life. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And so we're talking about humility today. And this is a topic that not a lot of people talk about, but I know this is near and dear to your heart. And um, we're going to talk about the power and the beauty of humility as it relates to our relationship with God, as it relates to other people in our lives. Um, And so when it comes down to it, before we dive into the subject, I'd like to define humility a bit. I know there's, you know, a lot of people talk about false humility in the church and humility is a little bit different, you know, because in the word, in the word of God, you know, the Moses called himself the most humble man on earth, you know, and David, you know, and King David, even, you know, people in the Bible spoke very boldly about their God and about what he's capable of and how we could conquer in his name. And that, you know, that's not pride, that's humility because it's trusting God. I'd love to bring some some definition here to kind of give us a foundation today. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. There is, you know, a lot of a lot of false humility that I really, you know, um, I used to experience a lot of that, and I definitely see it. Um, where it's you know the the good old story of like the worship leader who you know led an amazing worship set, and then someone comes up to him afterwards and says, you know, hey, that was a fantastic set, and the response is, oh, you know, it was all God, and the person's <laughs> like, well, it wasn't. That- you know, um, that uh-huh. the humans have, you know, a part to play in partnership with him. And so probably the best definition of humility that I could give is um, not being a doormat, not just always laying down, not just always saying, oh, you're right, I'm wrong, when, you know, perhaps clearly you're not um, wrong and you are right, is, yeah. uh, and I believe the definition is from the life of Jesus as well. And it's this, I think humility is when you have power under control Mm. that you know who you are, you know, the authority that you have, but you are choosing to control it. Um, and to consider other people better than yourselves. You're, you're choosing to humble yourself so then that the Lord can exalt you. You're not just, um, you know, the, the doormat theology, if you will. Um, because to me, it's like, well, there's really no purpose. It's like, oh, I'm just, you know, woe is me. Everyone around me is so aggressive. I, well, I'm just humble. It's like, well, actually, no, you're incredibly insecure and you have false humility and you need to get delivered of that. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, thing that my friend has, it's like, you know, I want to love my brother by covering a multitude of sins. 
being humble. And I want to love my brother by speaking truth and letting light come in. Mm -hmm. So I think the most simple definition is humility is power under control. That's awesome. I love that definition. I believe it's a very biblical definition too, but even thinking about Jesus, you know, the scriptures talk about him humbling himself even to the point of death on the cross and how Jesus, yeah. you know, had the, you know, he was, you know, fully one with the father. He only did what the father asked him to do, what the father initiated. But, you know, when he was being crucified, when he was being, um, you know, when he was being whipped and beaten, when he was being dragged to the cross, he had the authority to call down angels and to stop the entire yeah. thing from taking place. He had the power and authority, you know, to, to, you know, to rise up and say, no, these accusations you're, you're saying against me are wrong. But he only yeah. did what he saw his father doing, and he knew that was his mission. So he humbled himself, and that was his power under control to abide in the perfect will of God. And so I just think that's a beautiful definition. I love that, you know, even um, when you talked about how people come up to you and they say, wow, great sermon, or wow, powerful worship set today. That's something that I think we all struggle with as believers. I went to Bible school, and I've been doing missions around the world. That's something that I think a lot of us have a hard time, you know, with receiving. You know, when people give you accolades and everything, when you want to be humble— and uh, I heard a man of God say this one time, and it really stuck with me. And he's like, when someone comes up to you and compliments you, you don't need to say, oh, it was all God. You know, nothing is me. I'm nothing. God's, you know. But he said, just say thank you and and walk away. Yeah. And then that the flowers, like just like that thank you is like a bouquet that somebody gives you. And then when you walk away, you just take that bouquet, you just give it right back to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've given Love me the that. power and ability and gift. It's like you do receive you know, the, you know, the, um, the gratitude or whatever the person expressed to you of that, that you did well, but then you walk away and you give God all the credit personally, like in the, in the secret place. I thought that was powerful. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah. And so Matt, the, the, the passage above has been huge in my life, you know, and it talks about submitting to one another in humility and it talks about clothing yourself in humility. I just love that expression. You know, even just the visual there, clothing yourself in humility. And I know, hey, you've been leading worship sets. You've been in, in church, you know, for a good portion of your life, with your parents being pastors and believers. And I know you've experienced, you know, jealousy and competition. And you see this, you know, in the church. Um, and I've seen it a lot in different ministry settings. You know, how could we as believers really embrace humility, especially when, hey, man, you've got goals, you got dreams, you got passions, you see people being promoted and being blessed around you. I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first thing that I'll, I'll definitely say is that I think that um, you know, these types of topics, you know, envy, jealousy, all those types of things, sometimes they're not our, not our favorite to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we like to talk about hope, love, and joy, and peace. And, um, but I think you know, one of the first things that we need to do as, as, as a church and really as leaders is to kind of have these not be taboo topics where it's like, oh, we don't really talk about that. Because I think the more that you just kind of make it um, normal, like, hey, everyone at different times in their life struggles with this, the easier it is for people, young and old, to broach that subject. Like, you know, if you talk to someone that would say that, you know, um, yeah, I don't struggle with, you know, envy and, and jealousy in comparison. Well, okay. I, I agree with you, but I think you do struggle with lying. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I would go as far as, and I'm a, I'm a young person, you know, in my mid thirties, but as I talk to, to older, um, you know, gray hairs as the Bible calls them with, with wisdom, um, that, um, that's, that's the word that I hear. However, they also say, but I'm a lot quicker to catch myself. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a lot quicker to just repent, move on, turn the other way, to bless my brother, to bless my sister when I struggle with it. So I think um, that that's something that we just need to, to come to to grip you know to grips with, and not not that you're just accepting it as like oh well you know even though I'm a Christian and I have the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to always be envious. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I talk to a lot of young people, even a lot of young worship leaders, and they are in such deep condemnation and shame because they have these feelings. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I want to tell them is like, you don't need to have shame. You don't need to have condemnation. You are like many people, probably all the people on earth and probably all the people who are in the Bible besides Jesus. I mean, you know, David, King David, he's, he's talked about more than any other person in the Bible besides Jesus. Yet there's more sin recorded about his life yeah, than any wow. other person. So, like, you know, what what has God set up for us to look at? And so many times, again, growing up in the church, I used to struggle with this, and now I'm, you know, as I'm uh, uh, mentoring and coaching worship leaders and singers and musicians, I'm I'm finding it so often it's like there's this this shame. So that's the first thing I'd say is like, hey, let's get rid of that. Just admit that there's a problem. That's the first step in finding deliverance. Um, yes. But then, simply there's five things that I believe, you know, to clothe yourself um, in humility. You know, that's, that's an action word. You don't just like, you know, wake up in the morning and suddenly become clothed. Like you have to do something. And so mm-hmm. there's five things that I really encourage worship leaders to do. This is what I do in my own personal heart. When I, you know, struggle and I'm, you know, scrolling through Instagram or on YouTube or wherever it is. And, and suddenly it goes from this beautiful, either receiving from the Lord or, um, you know, a healthy, like, um, gleaning from someone and suddenly the switch turns and now it's like, well, you're not gleaning from that person. You're now envying that person. You're jealous of that person. You know, we all know what that feeling is yeah. um, that I repent. I stop and I ask the Lord, Lord, oh my goodness, like, forgive me. You know, God, you know, my heart. I just want to know. I just confess that I know that, you know, and I repent from that. And that, but I don't just stop there. I begin to declare it's the second thing. So I repent. And then I begin to declare, God, you have my destiny. You hold my future. You are mm-hmm. seated above these thoughts of envy and comparison and jealousy. Uh, and then I begin to thank the Lord. The third thing, um, thank him for victory in this area. Lord, I just thank you that I have the power of the Holy Spirit to be self-controlled in these thoughts, to be um, gentle in my thoughts and in my speech. Um, and then honestly, what I do is I, I take a second. Uh, and there's the reason why this thing is is the fourth one, um, is I begin to pray for this person. Yeah. Um, to begin to pray for their success, and you know you're going to fall in love with whatever you pray for. So uh, so beware. Um, <laughs> and so I begin to you know uh, feel the affections of God, you know, towards that person. Yeah. And then the fifth thing that I do is I ask the Lord um, for blessings. I just declare blessings over their life or give them more anointing, give them more talent, give them more money. Um, so this is really, really practical to clothe yourself with humility. Um, it's not just going to happen. It's not a, a magic trick. You know, we have to take our thoughts captive and really give ourselves to the authority of scripture and the Holy Spirit. I, I love that, man. That is extremely helpful. I just feel like, you know, like you're talking about humility and, you know, all this, this, this subject, it needs to be spoken about more in the body of Christ. You know, when I first got saved, I'm grateful. I, I got my hands on books by, you know, John Bevere and several people, Joyce Meyer, people that weren't afraid to talk about jealousy and offense and humility and the fear of the Lord. And 
I'm just so grateful that I got that, you know, at an early stage of my walk with the Lord. But many people don't, you know, they don't hear about these subjects in church and even just a five point breakdown of like, this is what you do when these things happen. And it's okay that these things happen. They happen to everybody like that. First of all, removes the shame like you're talking about or the guilt and condemnation about, oh, I must be this evil person. and Everyone else has everything right except me. And then it's this five step, you know. Um, to help especially new believers or people who are trying to overcome these things of just like, this is what you do. This is how you connect with the Lord about it. And at first it might seem mechanical, but then it becomes natural, you know, the more you implement this and kind of commune with the Lord like that. And so, man, I love that. And I think for me, what was huge was um, understanding a revelation of the goodness of God, of his, of yeah. that, that we've been planted in fullness Uh, You know, my brother might have success or fruit or financial increase or, you know, uh, this many followers or X, Y, Z, the things that that you might need for your goal or or wherever you're getting. But like just because that individual has that there's more than enough and God has provided a provision for the vision he has given me. And just because these other people have all this going on, you know, I will step into it at the right time, like really a revelation of God's love for me as a person that he doesn't just love me. He likes me and I have fullness and completeness in my life. There's no lack in heaven. There's no lack over God's destiny and just really kind of coming into alignment with the truth of God's word in that area. Absolutely. And so I just, man, that's just very, very important. And what the one scripture, the the section of scripture that I've had to continually remind myself above that I read in first Peter five, four and five is therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That's a scripture that I've constantly confessed, constantly cling to, you know, in my life, especially with God speaking to me, you know, about what my destiny was and in Bible school and seeing all these people and God's exalting and promoting people at different times. I just think a manifestation of humility is just unrelenting trust in God and in his timing, not fighting for first place, not pushing down doors of opportunity for myself, but daily submitting my heart and mind to God and allowing him to do it in his time. And I imagine this is something you bump into a lot, especially being around worship leaders and being around pastors and ministers and amazing people. You see God exalting one person. You're like, God, what about me? What about my time? And you see this in other people. I know for your life, you probably experienced this, but also in the life of other people. And so I'd love for you to kind of, you know, get into that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you're saying is, is really, really true. And I would put it this way, you know, humility um, for its own sake is not the end goal. Greater connectedness to Jesus and a a vibrant uh, heart that's free in relationships with those around me and with Jesus is the goal. Yeah. Um, And so when we we keep that the the front and center, so if you're, you know, in a situation where it's really, really hard, um, like I think of, again, referencing David, um, it's so easy to look at the life of David and, and say, man, he was a king, he was a songwriter, he was a warrior, you know, all these things. But before David was any of those things, and he was in Nowheresville, Bethlehem, you know, uh, the, uh, the only brother who wasn't in the house when one of the most famous people in the nation, the prophet Samuel, comes knocking. And it, for all intents and purposes, you know, it'd be like, man, David's about to miss out on a huge opportunity because there's a really famous person coming to his house. He's not even aware of it, and he's just out there with his sheep doing this, you know, minuscule um, task. But, you know, this is something that that I believe is very, very true, that meekness or humility is a magnet that attracts 
the presence of God. Awesome. Nick is a magnet. And when David was out there serving, again, not just saying, I'm going to be humble, I'm going to be humble, I'm going to be humble, but connecting himself to the purpose of his existence to connect with God, which that is the purpose of all of our existence. That, you know, even Adam in the Garden of Eden, he wasn't just the first farmer because God needed a farmer. Adam was the first priest mm. set to commune and fellowship with God. That That is the the DNA, DNA, whether you're a businessman, a mo- like you don't have to be in full-time ministry. We are all called to be priests and connect with him. So David was connected to that reality, I believe, as he was out there serving and the Lord saw his heart. The Lord saw his desire for connectedness to him. He saw his yeah. humility that out of everyone in that nation, the Lord found for himself one not in a palace, not in some great school, mm-hmm. not a very impressive Instagram because no one cares about sheep. I don't want to see your sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone to his house and says, hey, I'm here. There's someone here that God says has a heart after his. Where is he? And the dad's like, well, here, here. It's probably one of these kids. Like, and you know, I heard this commentator once say, I, I can't prove this biblically, so don't go looking for it. But <laughs> it was fascinating that even when Samuel came, you know, with his flask of oil to anoint you know, the next king of Israel because Saul had been found wanting and the Lord was going to get a replacement, that this one commentator said that he went down the line of all, there were seven brothers that David had, and, and, and over each one, he would turn over the flask and no oil would come out. Mm. He'd go to the next, be like, well, the Lord, the Lord told me this address. I know I'm at the right place. All right, hey, you, you, you come here, you're next turns it over. He's like shaking. It's like, I know I filled this thing up with oil. Like what's going on. And then after seven sons, he's like, Hey, Jesse, are you sure there's no one else? Cause the Lord told me this address. It's like, well, I guess, yeah, I got that one kid, you know, he's out there doing that. You know, you, you want to see him? It's like, yeah, I said, I want to see all your sons. Brings them in, turns over the flask of oil and it comes gushing down upon this young kid with a seemingly insignificant life. Yeah, but in the spirit had the most significant life because he was connected to Jesus in the midst of the non-impressive and the Lord called him forth. And so I think no matter where you're at today, listening, no matter what your job is, no matter what limelight you're in or what limelight you're not in, the Lord says, I'm not just after humility to teach you some lesson. I'm after humility because when you embrace humility, you're actually aligning yourself with the character of Jesus, thus invoking more of his manifest presence. Mm. And that is the purpose and the goal. It should be the purpose and the goal of our lives. It's the, the doorway to enter into greater union with Jesus because he's already walked the most humble path imaginable. And so I think we have to keep that as the main thing, relationship with Jesus. Wow. Absolutely, man. I love that. There's so much truth there. And, you know, there's something about, you know, it, there, there's a fine line because, you know, a lot of people we were, you know, if, if we go throughout our day and we're hardly looking to the Lord, hardly acknowledging him, hardly thinking about him, we're very independent in the way we live our lives. You know, God is holding our life together. He holds everything together by the power of his word. We exist because of him. We're living, moving, having our being in him. But there's this heart-to-heart connection where we acknowledge him, where we turn to him, where we look to him, where we recognize our need and we become dependent. 
upon God and really prayerlessness is a fruit of independence. Like really you don't you don't recognize how much you need God. We're riding on our own strength often. And even King David, he knew he was weak. He was in a circumstance where he wasn't the favorite. He was overlooked. He wasn't the first son that that his father presented to the prophet, you know, and um he was you know, instead of being suicidal and depressed, instead of kicking, biting and screaming, he got alone and he did his menial task, his dirty task that no one else liked to do. And he got alone with the Lord and his guitar and he clung to the Lord. The Lord became his strength, his fortress, his help in time of need. And I just love that because his life was filled with prayer. And to me, a life filled with prayer is a life, uh, is a humble life, is a life of dependence where you recognize you, you need God and you find your confidence in your sonship and the Lord and his blessing and provision you know, in that place of intimacy that you are talking about. And I just love how the Lord releases grace to the humble. Like, the, you know, that, that that scripture I spoke about earlier, he pours out grace, unleashes grace upon the humble heart. Like, just see if I think about the days where I would just tear up just thinking about the Lord. And you know, to this day, still, I always pray, Lord, keep my heart soft, you know, and, and, and receptive and sensitive to you. May I be a good receiver and someone who always looks to you because it just takes a moment of like, Jesus, you love me. Thank you, Lord. Like I need you, Lord. And it's just like coming to the Lord with that confidence that he's there and he's willing to pour out, you know, when you need him. And so, man, I just, I love that. Like relating humility to intimacy is it's, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. And so I know there's people listening right now that, you know, we, we mentioned earlier competition and promotion and, you know, people who struggle with jealousy and you give us a five points on like, how, how do you, how do you deal with this on a daily basis? I would love to just release some encouragement because I feel like there's people listening to this that are worship leaders and worship teams, people that are pastors serving in church. Maybe they're an usher. Maybe they are administrative. Maybe, you know, whatever it may be, maybe it's music, maybe it's something else, um, and I just feel like there's people out there that are hurting, that are insecure, that have experienced a lot of rejection, um, and they see this as a manifestation in their life from that place of rejection. There's a lot of people that need healing, you know, and um, I would just love to kind of end this podcast with encouraging them. Um, if you have any any words in your heart to encourage them and also, you know, maybe end this in prayer and just let's pray a blessing over them and just be led by the Spirit in that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, first, I'll just say that, um, again, I'm in my mid-30s and um, was raised as a, a pastor's kid in a really uh, amazing home, you know, never abused or anything like that. I was very blessed by the Lord to have, you know, that kind of upbringing. Yet, um, the past five to seven years, probably about seven years, um, I have found myself in um, therapy mm-hmm. or counseling. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote an article uh, back in 2018 why we all need therapy, nine reminders, even quote, normal people need. Mm. Um, and I just talked about, you know, a little bit of my journey of, you know, how a pastor's kid from upstate New York, you know, finds himself paying, you know, hundreds, yeah, thousands of dollars uh, over seven years to a, a licensed counselor to talk about life and um, issues that, you know, either my issues or things that were done to me or whatever it is. And so again, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, shooting it straight here, I think that uh, we have to be honest with the reality that um, life is, life can be really, really challenging. And, you know, if you had a great upbringing in a a quote unquote perfect home, your parents weren't perfect. And there were things that were done to you and, you know, from outside your home or whatever it is. 
So I, I really encourage people, you know, even with that topic of, you know, insecurity or fear, um, you know, I believe that all insecurity is rooted in a fear, mm-hmm. but I also believe all fear is rooted in a lie yes. because the Lord says that we're to fear him and fear him only. Yeah. And so when you begin to actually, you know, actually have a, a course that I have online that talks about how to overcome insecurity and, and basically the, the 15 sessions that I teach, I'm, I'm slowly prodding and pushing people to say, um, you're going to get a lot of content from these 15 sessions, but ultimately to go deep, you have to found, find a counselor or a therapist that you trust who loves the Holy Spirit, who loves Jesus, um, but who to, to kind of mine the depths of, okay, where is the root of that insecurity? And okay, it's based in a fear. What fear are you believing? Because the Lord doesn't want you to be in fear. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think people have to, to realize, have to realize that, you know, our wounds are real, but our wounds are not our identity. Um, you know, Jesus came to give us abundant life, um, and he's in the midst of us in the storm that we're in. But um, so I would just really, really encourage people, like, you know, I'm going to pray, and I believe that in the power of the Holy Spirit can, can change, and he, he loves to do that. He still does that today. Miracles are for today. Um, but I also want to encourage people that, you know, um, sometimes just sitting in a prayer room, um, you know, doesn't solve an issue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just going to pray won't solve the yeah. struggle or the disorder or, you know, whatever's going on in your heart. And again, I, I, I love pastors, um, but sometimes your pastor um, isn't a counselor. He's not, he can't help you the way that, you know, a trained professional with the Holy Spirit um, can help. You know, and if, if we go to doctors and hospitals, when we have issues like this, there's no reason we shouldn't also go to people who have excellence in that trade. And, you know, why do we so many times relegate it to, but the Holy Spirit can, can heal my heart? Mm-hmm. Well, you just came from the hospital to fix your broken leg. Well, I know. Where was your faith then? You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we, we can't have it both ways. And so to, to people who would say, you know, I, I don't believe in that. The Lord's my healer or, you know, all those different things. Um, but Lord, I just, I thank you, God, for just this time and for, um, you know, even what's happening, Lord, through Michael's uh, ministry, Lord, all over the world and through this podcast. And I thank you for, for those who are listening right now, Lord, who have uh, perhaps that, that feeling in their heart where there's um, insecurity or fear or there's woundedness. And maybe even as as me and Michael were talking, they were thinking of stories and conversations they had with their their parents or a brother or a sister or even a pastor where where things were done to them wrongly or spoken in a wrong spirit. Mm-hmm. Lord, I ask that you would, um, Lord, you would bring healing, God, that you would start a deeper, um, deeper dive, Lord, into the healing of uh, their heart today, Lord. And whether it's that they're going to go, that they're going to find a Christian counselor in their city or they're going to find um, a pastor or someone that they can talk to to say, I think I need to talk to someone about what's going on in my heart um, in tandem with the Holy Spirit. Well, I just ask you to lead, you guide, you direct, but you are the the conquering King. And Lord, we just avail ourselves to you as your bride to say, um, Lord, thank you for your spirit, Lord, but continue to conquer us. Continue that there'd be less of us and more of you each and every day, Lord, each and every day. And Lord, finally, I pray that even as we talked about humility, God, that, that w- we wouldn't be hard on ourselves, that we wouldn't just be on this, this um, you know, uh, 
trained, so we must be humble, we must be humble, we must be humble. We would say we must get more deeply connected to Jesus, that that would be the, the cry of our hearts, Lord, for each and every person who's listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, um, powerful show. I just feel like there's a lot to take away from this show, but I love that you said here, our wounds are real, but they are not our identity. That really yeah. stuck out to me um, in my spirit, like the Lord highlighting that. Just remember that our wounds are real. We need to we need to look at them. We need to face them. We need to see where the lie is, and we need to see truth and Jesus in the midst of it and allow him to heal us. But at the same time, we cannot identify with our wounds, our weaknesses, our sins. It's not who we are. And that is, um, that's, that's amazing, man. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with me today. And how can people, I know there's a lot of amazing things that you are doing. And you talked about this, this online course, um, you know, with, with, with insecurity. Can you tell me more about what you're doing so people can connect with your ministry? Yeah. So along with, you know, leading worship and traveling and all that, um, I also have a, a lot of online programs that I, that I, um, that I do kind of my flagship program is called the worship leader Academy, which not only leads people through a six month program and journey, um, for worship leaders, but also gives them unlimited access to me, um, to be their mentor and to be their coach. It's not like a once a month thing. It's, it's unlimited for the six months. That's mm-hmm. kind of my, my flagship program. So I'm, you know, I'm interacting with worship leaders, um, you know, constantly in just a personal way. And we're sharing together. I'm helping them. Uh, and I have, you know, clients in Switzerland to China to um, Singapore to the Philippines. Mm. And um, it's just fantastic thing that I, I love uh, to get to do. I also have, you know, other online courses and I have a podcast called the RizCast podcast. Um, people can, can find me there. So I think justinrizzo.com has most of, of that. Um, but then another thing that I, I love talking about that my wife and I, uh, you mentioned it at the top of the show, we have a, a production company called Firelight Creative Productions. Yep. And um, I love talking about this because it's, it's not my great dream or idea. Um, I grew up thinking, honestly, that um, kind of the Hollywood for Jesus people, if you will, were a little bit strange. Um, but <laughs> in 2009, the Lord kind of kind of hijacked me and um, in a moment began to just speak about writing musicals and doing film and scoring and composing. And, and honestly, I told the Lord, no, I was like, yeah, I do like worship and prayer and discipleship, not so much the Hollywood stuff, mm-hmm. but this is like, I continued to like, um, grow and grow and grow. It was clearly the Lord speaking to me. And so as I've kind of said, yes, to that over the years that you know, we've written, um, and produced three musicals here in Kansas city, we're working on a fourth one right now. And that, it definitely takes up um, a lot of my time. So you can follow, you know, follow me on Instagram to kind of keep up with that, but would love, you know, people to come out to shows and just experience, you know, these stories, um, you know, live on stage. Amazing, man. I highly recommend that. And so you said it's justinrizzo.com. Yep. Justinrizzo.com to find out more, connect with Justin's ministry. Man, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Michael. For those who are listening, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It will help get it out to more viewers and listeners to be challenged and inspired and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus. I look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast.